Louise's body slumped, her head gored by a yet unknown assailant. Her forehead wound still trickled with the evidence of the assault. On the floor in front of her lay the very object responsible. Now the only question left was... Who? Who could have done this? Oh, come on, Shirley. The maid is closest to the mantle. She lacks an alibi for the death of Clarence and the other part of this sapphic duo. Are you dense or just drunk? I could be drunker. I didn't kill her! I couldn't have... Oh, can we please move the body? I need to sit down. Is the butler still around? Perhaps he should bring her body in with the others. We shouldn't impede any more on the delicate sensibility of the lesser sex by making these three endure the gory sight any longer. I write murder for a living, and even this sight is gruesome. Oh, dear Florence, are you faint? Contain your monologues. Just this once, a woman is dead. I will fetch the butler, and when we come back, I would like to make a plan to ensure absolutely no one else gets murdered tonight. Florence opened the door, and to her surprise, there stood the monstrous figure of the butler, seemingly having read the minds of the house guests. Franklin, we really should be giving this man a bonus. The man who is already being paid to do his job? We'll see if dinner service is running on time in the other room, and then we can discuss bonuses. My biggest planned benefactor and two of his close relations just died, and you're trying to give away more money. He should get a bonus just for dealing with you. The butler, now all too familiar with the act of lifting a dead body, picked up the corpse of Louise and took her away. If, 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 if I may, more and more of us will perish if we don't act with haste. Thunder rumbled outside, tempting the lights to go out and allowing the murderer another chance to strike. Whatever the killer's intentions were, an answer they did not yet have. The partygoers knew they didn't want to risk allowing the opportunity for more bloodshed, especially not their own. Franklin, you did show us the wine cellar earlier. It's a small place with only one entrance. If we could bring down some candles and stick it out until the butler could call the police and take the whole mess off her hands... Won't the house guests suspect something when we disappear for the rest of the night? Have the butler pronounce us ill or, or anything, really. The guests would definitely prefer us absent than to be picked off one by one by a merciless serial killer with no noble intentions. I doubt some of them would prefer that. I for one agree with, uh... What's your name? Sorry, I, I don't think we've been introduced. Bernard White. Uh, yes, I don't think we have either. Right. Well, I agree with this gentleman. Accountability is the only way out of this pickle. And what says accountability like an enclosed space away from all outside perspectives? Who would have guessed that a night filled with murder could cause such a headache? Couldn't agree more. Maid. Get some candles. We are in for a long night. Yes, Mrs. Yates. So our group made their way to the wine cellar after informing the butler of their plan. Franklin made his way down the stairs first, then Shirley, followed by the maid, Bernard, Florence, and finally Arthur. In his ill-advised kindness, Bernard extended a hand to Florence as she descended the last step, and, as fate would have it, he was granted for the second time in the evening a vision that would change the course of future events. Bernard saw the whole evening unravel before his eyes, step by step, tracing through the unimaginable number of deaths. And that's when it all fell into place. Bernard inhaled deeply, 
just as the door locked behind them. I should have known she would never. Excuse me? I should have known. What is it, dear, that you should have known? Rarely do we get to see the whole truth. A bit of cabin fever already, old pal. We've merely been down here a few moments. Uh, can I get you a glass of wine before you fall deeper into whatever abyss you're standing at the precipice of? I don't think it would be wise to accept a drink from you, sir. Especially considering what vile currently sits in your wife's pocket. And tell me, Bernard, what vile is that? Oh, you all think you're so smug. I can't believe I would let myself be tricked like this. The arsenic, Florence, the one that you used to kill Clarence and blame his poor fiancé. And I would venture a guess that it's the very same arsenic that ended up killing Thelma. Suicide! I knew it was suspect! Another unfounded accusation of murder? Why aren't you just original? No, Bernard. I did not kill Clarence with arsenic and blame Thelma. Why on earth would I do that? If we're gonna be down here, can we at least try to keep it together? Florence, dear, this man clearly needs a drink. Nothing can settle an overactive imagination like a glass of wine. <laughs> or a few. Florence bent over to peruse the selection of wine they had access to for the night. Her aloof confidence sparkling in her eye and nearly convincing those around her that she was telling the truth. Nearly. As she leaned down, the very bottle in question fell not from her pocket, but from her blouse hitting the stone cellar floor with a familiar clink of glass. Florence, that isn't... Everyone, get on the floor. <gasps> In his hand, Arthur held a small gun, pointing it with familiarity at the shocked forms of the Yates, Bernard, and their maid. His hands remarkably still. Florence, there's enough rope over there. Tie everyone up, please. If you could all just comply and save me the trouble of having to use this, I would be very grateful. So it's true then what Bernard said, that you killed Clarence. Oh, we killed all of them. The opportunities just seemed to present themselves, didn't they, dear? It was almost too simple. They practically walked into it. And so it seems have all of you. Bernard... Without you, it wouldn't have been as simple as it was. You were right, of course. Thelma and Louise were slowly poisoning Clarence with a much less deadly drug. Unless he was given a massive dose, it wouldn't have done much to hurt him. Yes, but when I switched out her belladonna with arsenic when we were in the powder room, now the dosage doesn't have to be nearly as big. So why did you kill Thelma? She was going to ruin the whole thing. If the other party guests knew, then we wouldn't be able to finish out the plan. A little poison on her gag and she was as good as gone. The plan? Oh yes. This part is quite elaborate. I don't know if it's wise to share it just in case. Oh, posh. I'm a storyteller. This is what I do. Would you all like to hear the story? Ugh. Oh, stop that, will you? I'm trying to lend you my gift, so please appreciate it while you can. As you all may know, I'm a mystery writer. Not as prolific as I deserve to be. My works are amazing and well thought out. But they're lacking the launch they need to actually grab the public's attention. 
Florence agrees with me, of course. She can see the beauty of my work. And when we were invited to this party, I was struck by inspiration. The way to bring myself into the public eye, I needed something to set me apart. For all these years, I've been writing novels where the characters, the red herrings, the artistry, the conclusions, oh, they were all perfect. But that was never the issue. To get published, I needed to give people a reason to read me. More than just being brilliant, I needed to embed myself in a story. So Florence and I agreed. If we were at the center of a spectacle, I would be much more marketable. It would allow people to see my brilliance. And being the writer of the occasional murder mystery drama, I realized just how to do it. Tell us how, dear. It was almost too simple. To an outsider, it would make perfect sense. He was already so unhinged. Franklin, Mr. Yates, Senator Yates, you set up the whole story for me. Of course, it takes a master to put the pieces together, but they were all there, ready and waiting. Me? Oh, yes. Everyone saw Clarence and your wife discuss money at the party. And there was a condition, wasn't there? Uh, let's say Clarence doesn't back your campaign. What happens? Oh, you can't run. <laughs> you may put up a good front, but we all know you needed what that man had. So when he offered you a condition you couldn't meet, the only sensible choice was to kill him. <laughs> but then you're told he's just been engaged and that she would be the receiver of his fortune. So what then? You kill her too. I couldn't have killed her. I was with you all. Arthur, please, if you just let us go, we can forget all this. Who can verify our time of death? The party guests know that you went to the parlor and never returned. But we know what happened. Oh, but when Franklin becomes unhinged, he knows he loses control and he kills everyone he gets his hands on. Then the only people who live to tell the tale are me, my lovely Florence, and Franklin himself. And who is going to believe him? The man with the details for the fund containing the entire Rhodes family fortune in his pocket. But I don't have anything of the sort. Oh, you do now. Florence placed the very paper into the pocket of Franklin's coat. And with such a simple act, the details of an elaborate plan were all in place. Florence, you're my friend. You don't have to do this. Oh, but I do. Florence gave her a smile, twinkling with confidence. The very same one that had comforted Shirley so many times in the past. But tonight, her smile held no remnant of that past comfort. It showed a woman, too smart for her own good caught up in a stint of madness. Now, let's get on with it, shall we? Who should we start with first? Uh, the maid? Oh, please, there is any justice in this world. Before the maid could finish her prayer, the door to the wine cellar was thrown open. Towering at the door was none other than the butler, and behind him, a swarm of police officers waiting to reclaim the trapped hostages. There's one thing your plan failed to consider, Mr. Taylor. The butler! 
If you come down here, I will shoot! Ah, uh, fuck it. Shirley stood determined and hit her terrorizer over the head with a confidently grasped bottle of wine. In shock, and likely quite a bit of pain, he dropped his gun, prompting a dramatic clatter on the stone floor. With it, he dropped his master plan, and submitted to not a future of fame and fortune as he had envisioned, but to a lifetime of incarceration for his duress. The police took custody of both Florence and Arthur on the basis of their statements as given to their hostages. Well, we should probably get back to the party then, shouldn't we? I want to check how dinner service went. I'm beginning to think the butler may deserve a raise. You know, this would make a pretty good mystery novel. In the end, Lawrence and Arthur were sent to jail, and everything was right in the world. The party guests were none the wiser of the chilling events that transpired under their noses, thus ending our frightening tale. Or does it?